1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
0: Okay. So Anton Forsberg claimed on waivers by Carolina. Stuart Skinner. Currently the Oilers taxi squad goaltender. Ken Holland on Oilers now with Bob Stauffer earlier today saying they will Look for another goalie so Skinner can go to Bakersfield for the EHL season starting in early February. The rest of the taxi squad right now for Edmonton, Nygaard, Patrick Russell, Benson, McLeod, and Quine. Jujar Kara wasn't claimed on waivers. He was centering the fourth line today as the Oilers get ready to face the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow night. Going to be fun. This text you're writing in, he says, Hey, Reed, I respectfully disagree with your prediction of goals dwindling near the end of the season. I predict goalies becoming fatigued, especially the weaker tandem teams and the top lines burning out the goal lights. Well, hey, that could happen. I mean, I like that you wrote in and uh, and explained why you're thinking that is too. Goaltenders will be taxed this year. Depth will be taxed. And uh, yeah, if you don't have a good goaltending tandem... Maybe, that, uh, maybe that'll hurt you if it's got to be a 50-50 split as opposed to maybe a 65%, 35% or something in that range. We'll see with that texture. Remind me uh, what happened when we get to the end of the year because I'll probably forget by then. I may forget your, your text in the next hour or two. Here's a guy who was celebrating last night as uh, Alabama won the NCAA football championship and he's getting ready to rock and roll tomorrow for Oilers Now and the broadcast on 630 Chet and the Oilers Radio Network. It's my buddy Bob Stoffer. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing quite well. It's great to have you on the show. Had uh, Rob in the last half hour. Cam Moon's coming up between 7.30 and 8. So uh, we're we're good. We're getting ready to go here. Jack's obviously still around calling some games. And I guess another bit of a change. Are you going to do some TV work this year? What's going on with that?
2: Uh, Yes. On the regional broadcast, I'll be one of the rotational guys that are in there doing uh, some of the panel work, uh, so my first go at it will be Thursday. Uh, as you know, during the pay-per-views, uh, back, uh, 2008 to 2011, I did a bunch of them. And obviously Tony Brar, myself and Jack, uh, and before that, Tom Gazola, myself and Jack did on average about 35 to 40 panels a year, uh, on Others TV. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, and you're right. Last night was a good night. Um, I'm a big believer in process and structure. Uh, Alabama, completely different animal in terms of uh, they're just wired differently you know when you have guys that are consensus top 15 overall picks coming back from a broken angle after 12 games and, and dressing uh, potentially jeopardizing their draft stock because they want to be with their teammates uh, that speaks to the all inclusive nature and the approach and the buy-in that they have in their program and Reed, uh and I know you've been around the, the U of A Golden Bears hockey team a bit that's the same thing they have you know they have a uh, they have a structure and a process in their organization where uh, the individual is never bigger than the sum of the parts. And for the and Oilers, they got two of the best individuals. Uh, we got to see if there's more parts that have been added and will result in a greater sum for this season. I just want to ask you one more question about the football game
0: because they 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 pulled away and they put them away. Was like was there ever a doubt? I mean, if you play that game a hundred times, how many does Alabama win
2: over over ninety? Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, I'd say this about Ohio State—they might have the third or fourth best, uh, you know, players in terms of the country. the The program that's probably underperformed the most has been Georgia. They're traditionally a top five recruiting school, but they're in the SEC. Clemson obviously uh has a quarterback that's gonna go number one in the NFL draft. That's Trevor Lawrence. Uh Dabal Sweeney's won two national championships. I mean, this is a big story down in the States today, uh, because the general consensus is that Nick Saban has now supplanted Bear Bryant, who was also at Alabama, as you know. Uh Bryant was at Texas A and M and Kentucky before being at Alabama, but he's now supplanted uh, Bear Bryant as the greatest college football coach of all time. Reed, they've won six of the last twelve national championships. They're in it every year. They They get the best players. They just, in 2021, they have the best recruiting class for the upcoming season. Uh, They are an absolute juggernaut. But... It, you know, last year they lost to uh, LSU by five points, and people said LSU are the greatest college football team of all time. Well, this team, other than the uh, SEC championship game against Florida, and Bama was going through into the playoff, regardless if they wanted to lose that game. Uh, that was the only game that Bama played that was really close all year. So they had an incredible year. Nobody opted out, Reed. LSU won the national title last year. Jamar Chase, uh, top five overall pick at wide receiver, he opted out this year for LSU. Nobody opts out at Alabama. The team looked out for itself they were disciplined uh nick saban got covid but none of their players did and that takes discipline you need a little bit of luck alabama's got a high the state has a high covid uh, uh you know a lot of covid cases and i do think and i've had this conversation with orders management i do think the clubs that handle the uniqueness of the situation with covid you saw the story tonight dallas 17 of the yep. 27 co- positive cases involved the dallas stars the organizations that handle it the best uh, have the best chance for success, in my opinion, and that takes speaks to discipline and again personal accountability uh, with your teammates as well.
0: I've been playing some uh, some clips from your interview with Holland on Oilers Now earlier today, and he explained why they're going with nine D at the start of the season, so Bouchard gets to maximize the LTIR pool that they can use. But he's going to go to the to the taxi squad. So, I mean, look, maybe I I, I don't think Holland mentioned in the interview. I listened to it a couple of times. Are we looking at Nygaard jumping on the uh, active roster? Do you think they put Ryan McLeod on you know, the active roster? Do you get any sense of what they might do there?
2: I think they'll put Patrick Russell on. He played the most games. Old, reliable, eh? <laughs> right, and... Coach, coach likes Patrick Russell, so just like the coach likes Josh Archibald, just like the coach likes Mike Smith, so the coach has a say in this as well. They know what they're getting with Patrick Russell, uh, and really, I mean, I believe. And you were at practice days, uh, our listeners probably are aware of. 6:30, Chad was setting up our lower broadcast location for the upcoming season, so uh, the practice started right at noon. I was at home because we were working on some wiring, but uh, I'm pretty sure Care spent the majority of the time between Chase on and Ennis. that's a sign to me he that did. he's going to play on the fourth. Yeah. Line, I think Patrick Russell will be it, but you know what? It could be Ryan McLeod. I'm not 100 sure.
0: Well, I've I've liked McLeod. I I was saying that last week. Every camp I've seen him at, he he does something that is is noticeable, and he does it with his speed, and he seems to get involved in the play and kind of be around the puck and, and around the right area. You don't see him finish a lot necessarily when he when they do the scrimmages, but that's what I've liked about McLeod. He's not he's not shying away. He doesn't appear. Lost. I mean, sometimes young players, they, they appear that they're, you know, in a, in a different game because they haven't got into that NHL groove yet. I've liked, I mean, I do think he'll make his NHL debut sooner rather than later. It's got to be coming this year.
2: I have... Uh- McLeod, Ryan McLeod, as the Oilers' fourth line center next season on a sixty million dollar cap hit, and that's re-signing Nugent Hopkins in the range of about six point two five million. Uh, Edmonton at that sixty million would need four left wingers, another goaltender. Uh, they got lots of defense. I have both Broberg and Bouchard on the team next season. So, and I know there was some news on Broberg, which is surprising to nobody that saw him play. Oilers have more depth. Three, really. they they move the puck better than they, they did last season, and they got uh, more depth at front. Um, biggest question mark is going to remain in goal. Well, I think so, and that's why it would have been nice to have –
0: look, Forsberg hasn't played a lot in the NHL. I think he's eight or nine games below 500, but he's he's played in the NHL. But Holland said they're going to go out and get somebody. How does that happen? Do they make a deal, or does he
2: keep an eye on the waiver wire, and that's how they bring somebody in? You know what I found interesting is Forsberg and Alex Najelkovich split time in uh, Carolina's farm team last season. They both had it. I think one guy was 9.05, one guy was 9.06. Najelkovich started 49 and 51 games the two years before that. And Don Waddell called uh, Ken Holland two hours before claiming him, made me wonder whether or not he was telling him, "Hey, FYI, we're putting our guy on waivers. Uh, they're both at seven hundred thousand all in. There's no, it's not a, it's a one-way deal for both goaltenders." I wonder if it's just as simple as the others claiming to Nijelkovic uh, tomorrow. Yeah, fair comment. So right, because would... read what they could do. Uh, Skinner doesn't have to clear waivers. So they just they, if they get Nangelkovich with the claim tomorrow, they could just assign. Uh, now, the issue is, what do you do for two weeks? Because there's a quarantine issue.
0: Well, but, well, yeah, fair enough. If Skinner, well, couldn't they keep
2: Skinner? What they could do is they could assign Quine down because he's already cleared True. waivers. So they could they could they could work around that. They're not going to as Patrick Russell's going to be here, uh, Yo- Joe Kim Nygaard's going to be here. Now we do need to mention there's two guys that are on IR to start: James Neal and Gaetan Haas. Uh, Neal's skating. Haas is further away, but at some point those guys are coming on to the uh, either the taxi squad or the main roster as well.
0: Yeah, and a, a caller called before you came on asking about James Neal going on, L- on LTIR. I, d- I don't see that happening. Because it's 10 games or 30 days, right, if you're on LTIR. Clef Bomb, think- they know, is gone for the season. Yeah.
2: I think it's 10 slash 24 days, but yeah. The 24 days, sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But, but you're right. Yeah, that, I, he's obviously on IR to start and they didn't have him on LTIR for the, uh, so they must believe he's going to be back while well, he's skating. So, you know, he, we don't know how long he was out for in Nashville, but Reed, you're, you know, you saw how many guys were out for Nashville at the start too. Let's not be naive. Obviously, there was something that ran through and it can hit quickly. It just, it can surprise people. Uh, this is a whole different, again, back to my point about what Alabama accomplished. They got everybody by in they got everybody all in and they found a way to keep that stuff uh you know keep the virus out of their room and that was part of the reason why they had success and then they got a little bit of luck along the way and i i think that i think we're well look what's happening tomorrow jt miller how good was he last year for vancouver he's out for two weeks for the canucks that's a big loss yeah Jordy ben as well on the
0: blue line and i, and I did mention this earlier bob james neal was at nate uh i believe on day two i saw him there but he wasn't skating so if he did have COVID by then he was recovered but he obviously wasn't well enough to get out skating yet and then had to get back in shape so yeah we'll see and it is interesting starting tomorrow the nhl will name the players who had COVID in the summer they didn't do that they just said a player was on though once they got in the bubble no one had it okay i didn't do a quiz today I'm going to just get a story from Stauffer instead. I think you'll like this one. We are one thing that we are incredibly lucky for this year is we're all getting closer to the ice. So the broadcast location is on the loge level at Rogers place, which is amazing. I knew it would be cool. It's, I mean, it's a 12 out of 10, the view you have really comfortable. So we're very lucky there. Best and worst broadcast locations from your days calling games, Canada West hockey
2: uh the worst broadcast location was in 1991-92 in regina uh they had me set up at the sherwood twin arenas which is where the cougars played regina had a very good team they had like 530 plus goal scorers out of the whl bill iskwich was coaching that team lenny nielsen 100 point man with uh in the western league was a star in that team And our broadcast location couldn't work because of the, we we had like a phone system, uh, like a a traveling cellular phone unit. And so I had to go into the far corner of the arena and stick the uh, phone system outside the actual facility. So that would be the worst. The best was always. Actually, you know what? The father david baron arena was a pretty good location because we were right above center ice and uh often i would drop my mic especially when willie desjardins was coaching the calgary dinos i would drop my ambient mic when he would call a timeout when invariably the golden bears would be up by a goal or two and call a timeout in the third and i'm pretty sure on a regular basis uh, we would hear all seven words that george carlin said you could not say in tv often directed at me Hey, uh, big boy, get that mic out of here. Uh, they they used to say with Willie Desjardins when he played for the Saskatchewan Huskies on the 83 championship team uh, that also featured Dave Adolph that was coached by Dave King. Don't get silly with Willie. Well, Willie ended up being an NHL head coach. Uh, me and him made peace during his time. He did a very good job of the Medicine Hat Tigers. He's back there now. So best location was Calgary. Uh, Best barn to broadcast a game from was U of A, especially during the cheer for beers. On the NHL level, the worst location is in New Jersey. It is even higher than Rogers Place. Uh, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and Edmonton have similar sort of uh, structures for the regular broadcast location. New Jersey is in another area code. And I would, I would say, you know, we're not in Nassau County Coliseum enough in Long Island for it to count. So I, I would say the Bell Center in Montreal, has got a gondola, uh, and it also has a huge, uh, you know, scoreboard. And if you were not alive doing a game in Montreal, you need to get out of the business because the fans know <laughs> hockey. The nervous anticipation and the sense of, uh, uh-oh, here we go, and McDavid's bringing the puck up the ice or dating back to Taylor Hall or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it's off the charts. So Montreal uh, is one of the best, the worst is New Jersey, and then nothing uh, was worse than Sherwood Twin Arenas back in the day in Regina.
0: Well, next week when you're on, I'll ask you how much asbestos you inhaled at Rutherford Rink in Saskatoon. We'll save that one, though. All righty. Awesome Thanks stuff. Let's on.
2: have some fun tomorrow.
0: See you. Right on. That is Bob Stauffer checking in. Host of Oilers Now, Color Analyst for the Oilers broadcast here on 630 Chet man has got a lot of stories that he's great at telling them. It is 7 after 20. Of course, I'm happy to. It is 7 after 20. It's uh, We're in an alternate dimension. It's 20 after 7. <laughs> I'm happy to hear from you. at 780-496-0063 inside Sports on chat. to have Stoffer on the show back at it tomorrow six o'clock face-off show game at eight o'clock where oh, there's Canucks right here on 6 30 Chet looking forward to getting going absolutely Cam Moon's going to call Thursday's game and he's going to join me between 7 30 and 8 Jack Michaels on the radio call tomorrow night then he'll be on the tube on Thursday and I assume many of you still have tube televisions I know we have a very old-fashioned audience here on Inside Sports. A lot of you have rotary phones, tube televisions. Uh, still use uh, you know horse and buggies to get around, or, or some of you might have upgraded to an actual coach. But that's the kind of uh, it's the kind of audience we have on Inside Sports. It's really quite interesting. Also, later on tonight, I can't believe we're going to do it. Haven't done it since before Christmas. It's probably been about a month or so since we've done it. Name the animal. Kellen Kennedy has an animal noise. He will play it. I will try to guess what animal it is. I was one for four when we did this before. I knew the walrus. Somehow I immediately identified a walrus. So we will name the animal before 8 o'clock tonight. A proud inside sports tradition. (laughs) Or so some would have us believe. Stoff made a really good point, though, that handling COVID and all the health and safety protocols could turn out to be very important for some teams in this season or the lack of handling it. He talked about the university of Alabama, the players were dedicated. No one got sick. The head coach, Nick Saban did get COVID, but the players were healthy throughout the year. Dave Tippett of the Oilers commented today on managing those protocols.
1: We're very fortunate. Our, uh, our training staff and doctors here are, are really get the kind of forefront of uh, protocols and stuff like that um you know it has changed for us a little bit we're we're cognizant of having meetings in open spaces not uh, not a lot of people in meetings uh when we have a meeting with our group we'll we'll do it in the dressing room rather than the theater where it's a little more closed uh coaches one-on-one meetings are in bigger areas than they would be in their offices so there's things like that that are all uh coming into play that you're you're thinking about and you just you got to make sure you know give you a, a, for instance uh Dustin Swartz the goaltender coach he he'll he doesn't want to meet with both goaltenders at the same time you know, don't get them in a small office at the same time if one of them happened to uh happen to get sick then you have close contact with the other one they would both be out so there's things like that that we're thinking about constantly uh and that's obviously changes than where we've been in the past
0: all right, good stuff there from uh, Dave Tippett on the health and safety protocol. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Fred on the line. Fred, go ahead.
3: Hey Reid, how's it going tonight? Good. You're talking about rotary phones? Well I actually have one right here, so there you go. Good. Uh, getting pretty excited. You know what, Reed? I can't believe it'll be my 49th year of watching this hockey team. And every time I'm just as excited for the first game because we're still in first place. So what the heck, right? Uh, the only concern is, yeah, of course, goaltending a little bit, uh, I'm sure they'll claim somebody off waivers tomorrow, but uh, the the team's looking really good, and let's get it going. It's been way, way too long. Don't you agree?
0: Well, yeah. Well, it's been 10 months since they played a regular season game. But, hey, we all know what's been going on and, and why we had to, to wait this long. But I appreciate it, Fred. Enjoy the season. I know we'll be hearing from you throughout the year on Inside Sports and Overtime Open Line. Same teams over and over again, nine games each against everybody in your division for the Oilers, 10 each against Vancouver and Calgary. Here's Tyler Ennis. It's going to be interesting. It might have a little more of a playoff feel. You're playing the same team, um, you know, several nights, back to back often. Um, but I think it's a little bit like the lockout where we're jamming in a lot of games and then not a lot of time. So, um in some aspects it's it's fun because you just you know you turn it over so quick it's uh one game after another after another there's not a lot of time to think. you you just have to keep going out there and and doing your job every night and um it's fun i'm gonna i'm looking forward to it it is it's gonna be a different experience for everybody um bit of a baseball schedule you know but uh it should be fun that is the former customer at Collingwood Blockbuster in the West End, Tyler Ennis, on a line today with Jujar Kara and Alex Chase on. Cam Moon, you've heard him on this show many times over the years. You've heard him calling Red Deer Rebels games on Thursday. He's going to call an Edmonton Oilers game. He's coming up next inside sports on 630 Chet.
1: the of this. remember
0: when you sign up for the podcast canned him. ham sports inside I'm sports canned ham delivered straight to your door and i now have an extra set of hands to help deliver those hands he's joining us to call edmonton Oilers play by play here on the old radio it's my good buddy cam moon cam how are you doing i'm doing very well i'm in for the uh,
3: the canned ham delivery service
0: well, I, mean, I need help. We're going to need gonna help because well, yeah. we, we haven't been able to deliver during the pandemic, so we're going to have a lot of catching up to do when we can get out there and mingle and deliver yeah. canned hams. Now, I hope you could still, because you often walk your dogs and listen to inside sports, I hope that can still be part of your routine now that uh, you're, you're part of the Oilers Radio Network. I did bring
3: the uh, the AM transistor radio. It did make the trip up, so the uh, the chances of the the six to to seven o'clock walk sort of deal while I listen to inside sports is very much
0: in play right now. Well, that's good. That's reassuring. Well, sometimes you'll be a guest even more often than you were before during that time. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. I'm I'm so happy for you. You, you, I mean, you're, you're a great guy, you're a great broadcaster and it's awesome that we're going to get to work together and you're going to be calling, uh, Oilers games quite a, uh, just how how are you feeling? I mean, quite a quite a whirlwind for you and quite quite an opportunity. And, like, this is the cool thing about the jobs. Like, you've, you're you an established, well-respected broadcaster with an incredible resume, and sitting next to you today, I was like, this is like a 17-year-old kid who, who's gotten told he could call some NHL games. That's what it was like talking to you. It was awesome.
3: Well, I was so excited. <laughs> I just jacked up. I was... I, I drove in this morning. Uh I, honest, you should have seen me packing up in Red Deer. I, I started throwing clothes in the vehicle 10 minutes before I left. It was like I was fleeing the sea of, scene of a crime. <laughs> like it was sort of just threw everything in hoping like heck I put everything that I need. I mean, who knows. And I went straight to the rink and it yeah, it was it was great just to see the hockey on the ice. I mean, we've we've been through a lot of of nothing so this is exciting and that there's a a season around the corner of an all-canadian division with an Oilers team that looks improved and and ready to go and could be extremely competitive like i i don't know why you wouldn't be fired up like so i i had it it was it was all
0: you know coming together while i was sitting up there today yeah, well, that's awesome. Remind people, I know most people uh, kind, kind of know your story, but you're going to be introduced to even even more here. And for the 14 people listening to Inside Sports, remind us how, how you got behind the microphone.
3: Okay, well, I, when I was playing junior, uh, it was crystal clear that I wasn't going to be a pro. <laughs> you're so hard on yourself. <laughs> oh, painfully crystal clear. <laughs> as I was dodging pucks in the Western Hockey League. So, they, of course, the WHL's got the they'll pay for school for as many years as you play in the league kind of thing, which is unbelievable if you don't go pro. And it, as I established, that wasn't going to happen. And I wanted to take radio and television arts, and I wanted to do it at Nate because I grew up here in Edmonton, and, and I wanted to come back home. And Nate had such a great RTA program and still does. So I went to Nate, and I played for the hockey team my first year. And the second year, I got a a job doing the color on TSN of the WHL games. And not because I was good, because I was terrible. But it was because I just played in the league. It was the only reason. So I was figuring things out. Unfortunately, I was figuring things out on a national television stage. So I wasn't really getting reps at a lower level, which I think I was a little over my skis for sure. So I did that for a couple of years. Well, I worked hockey school in the summer, and then I got my first play-by-play job was in Nanaimo in the BC Hockey League. So I, I packed up my '86 Camaro, read an '86 Camaro, I packed up, and I drove it all the way to Nanaimo. I was there for three years, and, and then I got to Red Deer in
0: '98, and I've been there ever since. Put the cam in Camaro, you know it. Yeah, I'm sorry for that one. I could I couldn't resist. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, it's freak. all fair. Tracy oh, texts in who says, welcome, Mr. Moon. Really excited to hear you Thursday. I'm so happy for Cam. They, they, Tracy, I don't think Cam needs you to call him Mr. Moon. No, maybe I'll call sure. you that on air all year. I'll never oh, call you no. Cam. Just call you Mr. Moon. He'll be strangling me by the third game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, may, I may give you other reasons to do that. So do you know how many, because I, I always joke that I interviewed you that one night and I always say I can't remember if it was 150 rebels games, fifteen hundred, or fifteen thousand. I think it was fifteen hundred or something like that. Do you know how many you wound up doing?
3: Uh, it was in a uh, it was in a story yesterday. It was over seventeen hundred. I don't remember the exact number, but it nice. was seventeen something something.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, just t- tell me about uh, tell me about leaving. I don't. I don't want to make you tear up here, but oh, well, if I, if I do, I do. That's life. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the, you know just leaving the rebels organization. The reaction this news got with some of the key people there. Yeah,
3: it was tough. Uh, like I, I got hired there by Wayne and Terry Simpson, and then a year later they sold the team to Brent and Connie Sutter. So the the Sutters inherited me and kept me, which is amazing, and and I appreciate it. But yeah, it was tough. Yesterday was really hard. Um, yeah, Brent came in. and, Oh, yeah, it was. A, it was it was a tough day because yeah, they've been so good to me. and so good to my whole family, and, and it made you feel like family. Like working there was. It was like you were working. You were part of the family, and and it's a, a very a very. It's an incredible atmosphere in the office and in the rank and all that stuff so difficult to leave for sure and again i wasn't i wasn't even looking to go but when you get the opportunity to call games at the top level for your number one favorite team growing up in the world <laughs> in <laughs> your hometown <laughs> yeah that seems like a slam dunk to me reed
0: I mean, it's a you're Jordan taking off from the foul line tonight and throwing yep. down the tomahawk. That's what you are when it comes to dunking. This is this is this is so I'm I'm so happy for you. I'm trying not to get too giddy myself. uh Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Eric from Red Deer. What the hell, Cam? Ditching us? He's not ditching Red Deer. I think he's giving you a hard time. Yeah. Was, uh, Doug says Doug? I hope I'm saying this name correctly. Was Chad Delue in Nanaimo when Camp called yeah. their games? Yes, yeah, he was.
3: Yes, yeah, he was. Who, who, who is DeLue. this?
0: Uh,
3: he's an Alberta guy. I want to say, oh boy, where was he from? Like Saint Paul or something like that. Yeah, he played for the uh, Nanaimo Clippers. Well, that's a long time ago now. Like that was like Doug's. '95, '96 kind of thing.
0: Doug's going back. This is the this is the great thing when you start talking about. You know, lower like lower levels of hockey, amateur hockey. You know, I I used to cover a lot of senior men's hockey, Allan Cups and Lloyd Minster. Whatever you get into these stories, I love hearing all the people who are like, oh yeah, I remember this guy. He grew up, uh, you know, twenty miles from this town. Like that's that's the yeah. great, and I'm sure you I'm sure you found that so much in Red Deer because Red Deer's you know a city in this even more so than Edmonton in some ways a city in this vast rural landscape.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, for sure, and a lot of hockey players from around Central Alberta. Chris Russell here on the Oilers. Who in the summertime in Red Deer, I I see quite a bit. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it, it's hockey's a small community though. It's like it's over a, a vast area, but it's an incredibly small community for sure.
0: All right so let's let's talk about uh, the team and, and again your first game yeah. is, uh, is is Thursday you'll be at the game tomorrow I'm, you're, I'm gonna you're gonna be on the face off show I'm not giving cool. you a choice so we'll uh, talk yeah, I'm about all in. I told you random stuff there so yeah. so you, you you saw some some drills today I know it's not the same as a full game but you, you follow everything it's like what are your general impressions Certainly deeper deep enough what do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I definitely deeper. Um you sure it's tough not having Oscar Clefbaum on the back end. But when you you're able to add somebody like Tyson Berry that can help the power play as much as he can, and that's that's it's, it's going to help. Like there's just no two ways about it. The one that intrigues me the most though going into this year is I really want to see the uh, the maturation in his game is is Jesse Puljujarvi and it, after being in Europe and playing and, and getting a little older, a little wiser, maybe a little stronger. I don't know, whatever it is. I, he looked good today from everything that I've heard. He's looked really good since camp started. And that's a guy that wasn't here last year. Like, guess if he turns out to be anywhere close to the, the potentially you saw in his draft year when he was amazing, like he was, the guy was unbelievable. Uh, that's like a free player. <laughs> and, I, I think that, that his potential and, and if he really turns out to be as good as, as he's looked so far, then that's going to help the Oilers a ton.
0: This texter says, Reed, I'm sure everyone wants to hear what Cam's goal call will sound like. Well, you'll find out Thursday. You will find out Jeff, Thursday. Jeff in Red Deer says, thank you, Cam, for the many nights talking me to sleep. I, I hope that's a compliment. I think I know what Jeff means. Thanks for the mini nights yep. talking me to sleep. Congrats on reaching your dreams. Junior hockey's loss is the NHL's game. Look at all your fans checking in tonight. This is this always My happens God. when
3: you're on. Thank you, Jeff. I do appreciate that. It. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I saw some tweets yesterday of, of people saying that they had listened to Rebels games when they were when they were little kids. You know, same thing where. The parents who put the game on for the, for the youngsters, they go to bed. And you know what, that it just makes me feel so good. And it's it to me, it's also a part of why I love radio. Radio is such a great medium that you can be in your car or you can be walking your dogs or you can have it on just as, as you go into bed or whatever. And you get to paint the picture for people. You get to tell the story and paint it. And paint that picture in their mind to me i don't know there's just something about that that always made me gravitate right to radio right from my time coming out of junior that i just thought that this is it's just the it's the greatest it's, you can really get into the storytelling and i appreciate that
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's perfect. Okay, I'm going to ask yeah. you the same question I asked Bob to close out, just okay. with a different league. I asked him this with Canada West. I'm going to ask you with the WHL. Best and worst broadcast locations in the dub?
3: Best and worst. Okay, best, there's there's a lot of them. Um, if I had to pick one, maybe Regina. Regina's. You're not too high and you're right over. So... I'll give them the best, uh, the worst. Uh, Seattle, you're in the corner, oh. and it's tough. When the visiting team is skating at you, you can't see their numbers, and because they're the Seattle Thunderbirds that you only see once a year, you have no idea who it is. So it's not so bad when, when, the, when the Rebels were skating towards me because I, I knew who they all were, but, yeah, that one was tough because you're right in the corner. That made it a little more difficult.
0: Well, luckily you only you'd only go there every second year.
3: Yeah, yeah. or every year? Now, no, every second year. No, yeah. every second year. And now that they're you know they're out in Kent, it's it's a little different. Before when they played at the the Key Arena and you'd stay close to downtown, it was it was a different uh, dynamic.
0: All right, and finally the last uh, text before I let you go, mutter yeah. didn't steal the ice cream machine from the Centrium, did he? I'm no, I can't confirm or deny that. Oh.
3: Well, I can tell you, yeah, they... The, no, the ice cream will stay in Red Deer at the Centrium. It is known, Reed, it is known throughout the league as the best ice cream you're going to have at any hockey game ever is in Red Deer, and that's kind
0: of the signature concession item. Oh, I'll remember that for next time yeah. I go. That's awesome. Cam, again, congratulations. I look forward to seeing you at the rink tomorrow and hearing you on Thursday, man. This is awesome. Welcome aboard. Okay, thank you so much. Hey, what what time are we there tomorrow? You better sign up for the group chat. Okay, yeah, get me in on this stuff. The okay, uh, the morning the, the morning skate is ten thirty. The uh, yeah. entrance will open at nine forty five. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, man. I'll see you there. Okay. Let's <laughs> Telling his story is he's, he's thrilled. Uh, I'm thrilled. I love the guy, and uh, he's just he's just a genuine. Energetic, positive human being. And I think that's why many of you who listen to him in Red Deer love him. And uh, that's what Oilers fans who maybe haven't uh, heard Cam call games before or heard him a lot on the radio, that's why you're going to love him too. 780 496 0063. It's 747. We'll wind down the show and, oh no, name the animal when we get back. Dry Dreisaitl has a new left winger his name is Dominic Cahoon but he is not new to Leon they have known each other for a long time we were maybe 13 uh, and so we moved into the same host together the first day and uh, after a couple hours spending um, you know, time in each other's uh, rooms. We ended up, you know, playing Xbox that night together right away. So um, we got we got together and got to know each other real quick. And yeah, we've been we've been really good friends ever since. Played together a long time ago, and um, it's funny how it works sometimes
2: that you find your way back together. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's obviously a, a very skilled um, skilled player. He's got. A lot of hockey sense um he, he sees everything on the ice so um he's always had that attribute and obviously
0: we're, we're, we're looking to um yeah we're looking to him to to continue that here all right yeah dominic so he's known he and leon have known each other since they were uh, 13 leon, leon talked about them uh, meeting each other and bonding over xbox the first night they uh they hung out as kids so uh Kahun has had some good moments at camp certainly uh has some good vision Appears to have a pretty good shot, and I was—I uh, think Kyle Turris has a really good shot. A- again, huge upgrade from uh, Riley Sheehan to Kyle Turris as a third-line center. Oh, we'll start getting some answers as to how they're going to look on the ice tomorrow night. Finally, finally, finally. Thanks for all the kind words coming in for Cam Moon. I'll pass those on to him uh, tomorrow. Some of the texts here are still coming in since Cam is, uh, has signed off this evening. But, yeah, I love Cam. He's going to be awesome here at 630 Chet. Okay, on a completely lighter and frivolous note, because uh, we haven't done this for a while, the, uh, the, the, the possibly the greatest game in the history of the galaxy. I won't say the universe. It is name the animal. We started this before Christmas when Kellen played some elk noises, and I, I was surprised that's how an elk sounded. We were talking about potential new names uh, new names for the WE football team. And then the rest of that week, Kellen played an animal noise, and I had to guess what it was. So we had a cougar, a fox, something else, and then a walrus. A raven a raven and a walrus and the walrus i somehow i guessed the walrus immediately all the other ones i needed help from people out there texting in to help me get it or getting hints from kellen so just because well why not we'll do it every once in a while we haven't done it in 2021 we have named the animal tonight uh you are allowed to help me on the text line though you cannot win anything this is not a formal contest. You don't get a canned ham. You don't get a pet version of what animal, of whatever animal it is. You don't get Brian Hall coming to your house or calling you, and, hey, it's Halsey, happy birthday. I heard you name the animal. That doesn't happen. It's purely for stupid fun, much like this show itself. Anyway, Kellan, do you have an animal noise ready?
3: We have a animal noise ready to go here. A little bit of leading. There we
1: go.
0: Dolphin. Nope. Is it a marine animal? It is, yes. A porpoise? No. A manatee? Nope. Some kind of a whale? It is some kind of a whale, yes. Is it a blue whale? No. So I have to name the specific type of whale. Sure. Like just saying whale isn't good enough. Yeah, a, are you gonna make me say sperm whale on air? Sperm whale? No, it's not a sperm whale. And so it's not a blue whale. Is it, What are their types of whales? I know there's lots of whales. Is it? A, is it a? Is it an orca? Somebody said it's yes, an orca. it is an it's orca. It's an orca killer whale. All right, yeah. I didn't do too bad. I I was right there with with dolphin, and then uh, got, got into that. Somebody said. Somebody texted in hippopotamus. All right, so uh, I, I, I'll i give myself – well, I didn't get it on the first try. I got it way quicker than usual, though. Brandon and Airdrie. By the way, Brandon and Airdrie um – was a very uh, rugged and determined hockey player. I used to cover him in Lloyd Minster, and he was a member of the 2007 Lloydminster Border Kings Allen Cup Championship team and played on several excellent Lloydminster Bandits team as well. And I'm thrilled that he texted in tonight, by the way. It's, it's awesome to reconnect with people. Uh, so he knew it was uh, an orca. Somebody else simply said, kill a whale. So that was an orca. Yes. Uh, there was a movie called Orca the Killer Whale when I was a kid. I'm going to Google it right now work of the killer whale came out in 1977 so probably in response to jaws hey uh, we should capitalize on the success of that jaws movie oh well, another shark no we can't rip off a shark yeah whale yeah let's go with the whale
2: yeah for kids my age uh free willy free willy too free willy free
0: you know that was- nobody cares if the whale doesn't <laughs> eat somebody we're talking it has to be no. I thought we we're
3: just talking movies that use killer whales or orcans. no,
0: we're talking what well, was was Willie a killer whale or was he a nice whale? He didn't know. kill anybody. I thought free Willie was kind <laughs> kellen has gone he's a, he's <laughs> upset that i bashing escape, free Willie I
3: think that's what his motivation motivating factor was he wanted to escape the uh the uh, clutches of the
0: marine tank in the uh, park amusement park orca, or <laughs> orca the killer whale starring uh, richard harris charlotte pampling and Bo derrick Ooh, how about that there we go uh they made it for well <laughs> it says the budget was either six million dollars or 17 and a half million i don't know how you can't decide that's between a huge two. swing <laughs> it made it, it made 14.7 million dollars uh the reception for the film on Rotten Tomatoes, it has nine percent <laughs> with an average rating of three point five out of ten. Orca, the killer whale, not a killer movie. Cowtown Bob thinks I was close enough to give myself. I'll give myself a half point, sure, for getting relatively quickly quickly to whale. So I'm now at uh, one and a half out of five. The next time I talk to you will be on the Face Off show to lead into an Oilers game. That's at 6 o'clock tomorrow. The game is at 8, Oilers and Canucks. Tonight, you heard from Cam Moon, Bob Stauffer, and Rob Brown. Thanks to those of you who called and texted. The producer of Inside Sports, Dave Campbell. The animal wrangler is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed. Have a great
1: night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.